and gentlemen. Very well. Did I hear a stutter there on the introduction, Tommy? <laughs> Was there something like you're, you're normally spelt like seamless silk, silken okay. uh, introduction? A little, do you want to take two or should we go live? No, I think no. we should apologise. Tom's in the UK at the moment and it's just before 10pm at night. So he's just had a full day of working and no, now no he's sympathy. almost no sympathy. asleep. Tom, I'll defend you there, mate. And Tommy, you'll be very yeah. jealous. I'm sitting here next to Troy. We're in the same location. I've got the uh, John Law's microphone here. So <laughs> I'm also probably sounding better than I usually do and you probably sound like you normally do. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, John, to, just just to, just to defend myself a little bit, you know, like I talk about the five AM club. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, there's another club. It's called the ten PM club, and, <laughs> and and there's one thing for sure. Like I'm a little bit better off at a, at five AM than ten PM, but I'm I'm here in the UK, and I've only just found out I'm going to be seeing Tom Ferry in forty eight hours because Tom Ferry is also coming to this conference. You know, who's our good friend and has spoke at uh, how many Arics has he spoke at, John? Is it two or three? Two. Two or three. Troy's had three fingers well, up. But... I think it's three, but maybe it's only two. He spoke twice a couple of years yeah, ago. Okay. He had two two sessions. Oh, he's just a lovely bloke. To, to say send our love to all our good friends in the UK, which we have many podcast listeners from the UK, and they're doing some great stuff over there. So it's good for them to have you, Tommy. Yeah, and I've been told um, I did some work this afternoon, and the guy, as I was leaving, said to me, "I'll see you at Arik," and I said, "Oh, you're coming." His name's Luke St. Clair. He goes, yeah, yeah, I've got my ticket booked. I'm, you know, heading to the Gold Coast. So um, and I know that we've got a lot of, yeah, we've got a lot of UK listeners. Um, so uh, just to remind everyone, not just the UK people, uh, June to June 3, John and Troy, before we move on to um, this week's uh, uh, topic, which is traits to look for at an interview when you're hiring a real estate agent, um, I just want to let you know, I watched a video of Barbara Corcoran, and we haven't really spoken about uh, Barbara leading up to this. Now, John, I'm putting my neck out there. I think that she's going to be one of the best all-time speakers that we've ever had at Eric. She's, uh, yeah, she's extraordinary. Out, you can almost guarantee that. She, you know, she, uh, her, her, those that don't know, there's one of the great companies in, in global real estate called Corcoran's, and after her name, she founded it, started in New York at a time when women kind of weren't supposed to be in business back in the 60s and 70s. That was a men's domain, ironically or, or, or ridiculously, as we look back on it. And she, in the toughest mar- market, male-dominated, toughest geography, arguably in the world, she rose from being a young agent to building a great company, sold it for about $70 million. Um, and then she came on Shark Tank, or she went on Shark Tank. She's been a great success, and I agree with you. She's written books and all sorts of things. She is a dynamo, and I think now, without being rude, because I think it's probably fairly public, she's probably in her 70s, and she's got the energy of someone in her 20s yeah. or 30s. So i got no doubt that uh, we're beaming her in just for, for clarity and transport everyone. I mean, yeah. we couldn't actually afford to uh, to bring her across because, you know, she's a global celebrity nowadays. But I think we'll get just as good an experience by you doing a really nice Q&A on morning two, Monday morning with her. 
But John, we've proved we've proven with a with, even with a video because we've never beamed in Gary Vaynerchuk. That was done by video, but with her, she's coming in live. The only thing is, her physical body won't be um, on the Gold Coast, but um, everything else will be. So um, really, really pumped. Every girl and guy, um, and and her audio matches her video. I mean, extraordinary. This is not a motivation speaker. This is someone who has hit the pinnacle of real estate and has got the ability to articulate. Uh, what to do, how to do it. Um, so looking forward to that, really looking forward to her. So let's get on. Yeah, thank you. I agree. Um, let's get on to today. So you want to talk about, I think you were saying just off air beforehand, you know, what are the things we look for when recruiting? Now, by the way, this is not just recruiting agents because not everyone that listens is a principal, but I think we've all agreed that the future of real estate is going to be those agents that can leverage their skills through building a team around them. So even if you're an agent listening there and you're currently a solo operator, at some point in the near future, you're going to probably be hiring someone. So what do you do, John? I mean, are you the, I mean, you, you, you've hired thousands of people in the, you know, 30 plus uh, years of, of real estate. What are the traits are you looking for? Do you pull out the resume and, you know, go off and ask them questions like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Or what do you give them a disc test? Or are there fa- other qualities? What are you looking out for when you're sitting across the table having a conversation with a girl or guy? So never done a disc test and don't believe in them. Uh, yeah. I'll back myself against any disc test because I use my radar and my intuition, which rarely, rarely lets you down. Um, I never read a resume, but I look at them for presentation and layout because I want to know that someone is has the ability to succinctly and beautifully lay out their history in a, in a brief document. If, if the layout's old-fashioned and convoluted and 12 pages, that says something about the person, probably says that they're old, convoluted and long-winded. So for me, I'm looking for hints and I'm looking for a feeling. So the first thing I'm doing, Tommy, let's assume for a minute we're hiring an agent. The first thing I want to do is how do I feel when I'm with them in their presence? And that comes down to I ask myself the question as I'm chatting to them, would I list my home with this person? Because at the end of the day, they have to go out there and compete with the best of the best and if I wouldn't be confident them handling my property, I've got to really think hard about can they come up to speed. So the first thing is, no, I don't do a scientific way, and that's no disrespect to the caliper and disc people. It's just not my way of doing it. And I think I've been very fortunate to have been able to sort of hire and, and help grow some of the best agents in the country, and I've done it all on gut feeling. Um, so I think that, that's the first thing. Yeah, you've got to get to a point, Tommy, I think that, it's like in a listing, the three of us always talk about authenticity. You know, when, when an agent turns up for a listing or when someone turns up for a job interview, they're generally, they're giving you their polished best and pre-rehearsed and thinking what are the questions and what should I be saying. And for me, I want to get underneath that or behind that because that's a little bit like watching an actor in a movie that's giving a certain portrayal of their life. So... I'm looking for hints. I'm looking for how are they treating the people around me. If, if if someone brings in a cup of coffee, I want to know do they engage with them, give them eye contact, thank them for that, remember their name, these sort of little things. So I'm always on the lookout for hints that show they're good, decent people because there's two things I'm looking for. One, one is a chem- chemistry fit, you know, in terms of values, good people. Um that's really important because, you know, you want to build a culture based on good people. The second thing is um, efficacy or, or the ability to create results and, and get stuff done. So I'm looking how do they respond to people. 
Um, I then ask them questions, and, and, and they're not a lot of pre-rehearsed questions, but they're things that come to me at the time that I dig into. And, and one of them, people talk about, you know, why would I hire you? I, I often say things like, why would I not hire you? If you, were, if you were interviewing you, what would you be concerned about, Tom? What would you say are your shortcomings that you're having to work on or you would have to work on or you've given up working on but they're just a part of the package? And I'm constantly amazed at how most people stare at me like, oh, my God, what an interesting, unusual question. I don't know how to answer it. I'm thinking if you don't have enough self-awareness to know what are your strengths and weaknesses, that means you're not working on your weaknesses, which is a problem. Everyone's got weaknesses and imperfections. The question is do you know them? And are you working on them? That's the only thing that interests me. Like an agent, if I'm coaching an agent, they're only doing 100 GCI. That doesn't worry me. I'm interested to know where do I want to get to and are they prepared to do the work that it's going to take to get there? I don't care if you've only sold three puppies in the last 12 months. I want to know if you want to sell 33 next year and are you prepared to do what it takes? So I guess um, I'm looking for hints. And very similar, because when I talk about this, Troy, it's very similar to a listing presentation, really. Like, I'm looking for hints with the vendor and, you know, in the handshake and, in you know, not just obvious things like, you know, golf sticks in the corner and photos on the wall. I'm just looking for little nuances that can kind of tell me when they're excited, when they lean forward, when they're nervous, when they're not agreeing with me, body language. So same in a job interview. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking for that. The other thing is I try and get behind the scenes. So I want to know about them. Yeah, t- tell me more about what happens at home when you go home. What does that What does that look like? You know how How's the family situation? Tell me about your husband or your wife. What do, What do they do, and and how does that you know work in in a family unit? So I'm I'm trying to drill into the real live issues. Are they aware of them? Are they handling them? Are they authentic? Because I don't want some wind up real estate doll that just pushes some projection of a per- perfection on me because that's not the real world. Troy, what are your... Well, I was going to say, you, John hit the nail on the head in regards to finding out what drives them. I, I think the most important thing in any type of interview or any type of person is knowing why they do what they do because obviously you can then create a plan to help them achieve their goals. John mentioned that, you know, if they're doing 100,000 GCI, that doesn't so much worry us as much as where they want to get to and how they want to get there. They want to do it authentically with integrity and transparency and work with clients and create raving fans. Then that's obviously really important to any business owner, regardless of whether you're a startup or you've been in the industry for 30 years. I think think the other thing, Tommy, nowadays, and you, you and Troy are spectacular at this, I'm not, but social media, you can tell so much about someone from a distance now and you know you've got a great saying tom which is there are no blind dates anymore that you know your, your digital fingerprint basically you know says a lot about you and even so firstly a lot of it's inauthentic so you you know we, we've we've beaten it to death the fact that these agents that run around and with the big rolexes on their hands and the you know the, the badges on their cars and the all that sort of stuff. For me, you know, quite honest, it's ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. I don't give a stuff about what you had for breakfast this morning or what, you know, and the, you're getting on a plane with a first-class ticket. You know, it really bores me, that sort of crap. All that says to me is you're pretty insecure and you should get over it. So I, I, I do look at um, people's social media and whether that's LinkedIn, which is kind of a bit of a digital resume, but have they posted any content? Are they thinking about the customer or are they self-centered? It's, it's uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, just it can tell pretty quickly about you 
Um, and especially, you know, video nowadays. I think, you know, I was just having breakfast with a, with a dear friend, Adam, before and we were chatting about it. And, and uh, off the back of listening to these podcasts, he's really embraced video, which is great because he's, you know, he's kind of uh, reinventing himself for the future in terms of ramping his business up. And he was just saying to me, you know, I love listening to you guys on podcast and, and uh, he's saying, you know, I'm really getting into video because I've been listening to what you guys have been saying. And so I want to know if, if, if someone's aware of that and they're into video, what sort of video they put on their social media, that sort of stuff is interesting to me. It talks about the trends and so forth. Then if they're in the industry, of course, you look at their um, their listings. So not just what do they got, but how well do they present it? Are they using price guides? Are they using price on request? Uh, do they have floor plans or not? Do they have pest and building reports or not? So I'm, I'm looking, if they are already in the industry, I'm kind of having a look at, because you know, you've only got to go to ARIC, listen to this podcast, or do any number of other things, go to the real estate gym. And you should know what a great agent today should be doing pretty much every listing. And so that information's out there. And if they're not listening to that and responding to that or their version of that, I'm kind of worried because it's, you know, it's not hard nowadays to get access to great insights and great information. Sorry, Tom. John, what I was going to ask you is, um, are there alarm bells that ever go off when you're sitting down? And Troy, you can chime in here that there's something that's said or done during a conversation that you think to yourself, hey, that feels strange? For me, Tom, it's um, how they respond. If they're distracted, if they're on their phone, if they're um, talking about themselves a lot, if there's not much substance. I know that sounds quite basic and, and to the point, uh, and most of us would realise that that listen to this podcast, but those environments, I always put myself in the shoes of a vendor and I think if I'm talking to this person and I'm getting that sense, do they do that at a listing presentation? Do they do that when they're dealing with their buyers? Do they do that with their colleagues in the office? Will they do that in a sales meeting? I think you kind of get a reflection of their personality, even though subconsciously sometimes they don't even realise they're doing it. Yeah. So can I ask you both, Have you? what are your views on – have you seen success stories of people that have, you know, come along and they've got a history where it's been two years here, 17 months there, a year and a half here, and – they give you a, you know, a plausible reason on why they were, you know, three short stays at different places and you've then gone off and seen them have a solid longer-term career? Yeah, look, Tommy, I'm open to that because I do know that, you know, the industry is probably chock full of mediocrity and sometimes you don't see that till you get inside the business. I mean, I'm more interested in their explanation because if they're blaming any of the businesses for why they didn't do well, that's a concern. Um, if they're divulging things that they probably shouldn't divulge, that's a concern. But if someone said, look, you know, I don't want to go into the detail, Tom, but fair to say that I, I got in, the the culture of the environment and some of the ethics were kind of, they, let's just say they didn't align with mine and I just felt it'd be better if we went our separate ways. So if someone articulately and without laying blame describes why they might have moved on once or twice. That doesn't worry me. That doesn't worry me at all. Um, if someone starts blaming, and, and we, we do get a bit of this, you know, where people come boys, oh, look, you know, they're hopeless, these people, they don't give me any training. And I'm thinking, well, I ain't, I ain't seen you at Eric the last five years. You know, do you listen to the podcast? You know, do you, do you go into YouTube? So 
the company that I'm with doesn't train me is no longer an excuse because there's so much. Audible Studio free- was right. Oh God, what was that, Troy? <laughs> I think it was. On- uh, now, now I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it was. As you're speaking, as you're speaking, I went on to Audible, uh, my Audible dot uh, uh, com um, account because I brought up a book called The Sales Acceleration Formula, and what this guy did is he studied over a long period of time the successful qualities of the recruits that they did. And I thought what I might do is I've just actually, I've labeled them um, where you can take notes. Can I just run yep. through the six the six things that he said that they found that were the common characteristics that they looked for and then they created a benchmark yep. saying when people actually fitted these things, they were a better fit. The first one was coachability. Yep. If someone if they had evidence that this person was open to being coached. Yep. Um, what's your views on that? Oh, cr- critical. Because for me, if you're, not, if, if you're not coachable, either your ego is in the way because you think you don't need coaching or an ego comes from fear. So there's a big blockage there. That's why I said I don't care if you only sold three properties last year. Be honest about it. Take responsibility say, look, I need to reinvent myself, but I'm committed to the industry and I'm prepared. I'm now listening to this book and I'm attending real estate gym. I'm doing all this good stuff. That to me says, okay, I like you. You're vulnerable, you're honest, you're authentic, and you're working on yourself. There's a really good chance. So I agree, coachability, key. Okay. Number two, they had curiosity, that people that were curious – and I know that you, John. I know that you you're a curious person, but you've also told me a number of times that you actually think that good people are curious oh, I, people. Look, I think that, to be honest, that's probably my greatest strength. Is I ask more questions than anyone I know, and when I hear about something, I Google it straight away. I use Google more than anyone on planet Earth. I reckon they should be sending me an award. <laughs> and not, not that I totally use it, but I, I do more Google searches per day than anyone I've met because I'm interested. If someone says a word or they refer to something, I want to know what it is. And if they can't tell me, I want to drill into it. And after the meeting, I want to go to YouTube and have a look at it. So, yeah, I think curiosity, because if you're curious about stuff, their answers are easy to access nowadays. Maybe not 20 years ago, but they are nowadays. So, yeah, I think curiosity, you know, how does that agent do that? How did that agent do that? How did you start your business? You know, what's the third one? Uh, Third one was... um Evidence of prior success, even if it's in another industry. So um, people that had had been successful in whatever other job, they may not have been in sales, but they were successful at what I they were reckon doing. that's a sensible one to have on the list, but it doesn't rank as high on my list as theirs, only because I, I would back myself to see something in someone that perhaps someone else didn't. I'll give you an example, Troy. When I used to list expired listings, the fact that someone else couldn't sell them was of no interest to me. Mm. I, I had a confidence that I had an approach that I could list the property, manage expectations, sell the benefits, market it confidently, and get a great outcome. Yep. <clears throat> Even if it had been if I was the third auction or whatever. The same with, with someone. If they come in and I can see a spark that maybe someone else couldn't light, including the person themselves, I will back myself. So I think it's a sensible one to have there because there's no doubt history repeats. And if you're successful somewhere and doing something, the likelihood of you coming across and being successful elsewhere 
in another industry is high. But I, again, I, th I think it's, what's number four? Uh, hunger? Yeah, 100%. Got, you got to crawl over broken glass to get your results if you need to within the bounds of ethics, for sure, 100%. I, I love okay. hunger. Okay, next one is, yeah, work, work maybe it's a, it's a little bit uh, an extension of, of hunger is uh, work ethic, that um, it is a high value to them. Agree. It's almost the same, isn't it? But yep. So you, you know, anyone that thinks nine to five is going to crack it if you're getting a if your sales career off the ground. And the last one, sales. which and I did read further and I took further notes on it. It um, it said a reasonable but not necessarily high level of intelligence. So someone that was able to you know follow instructions, follow the process. Yeah. Again, I. I Sensible one, but I would probably reframe it if I was doing my version of the list. I'm about emotional intelligence mm. more than because, you know, I think, you know, I'd I, I see that I was never the most intellectually, academically intelligent, but I've always had a good read on people and situations and energy and how you deal with it and how you work with it and so forth. So I think emotional intelligence is really important. That, that's why, funny, Tommy, I was saying before about, you know, someone brings a cup of coffee in. You know, a stupid person there, even if you were trying to fake it in the interview, you'd be thinking, well, I better make sure I'm a humble person that connects. And also, sometimes they just, they keep talking and like someone puts a, you know, a cup of tea in front of them and they ignore them. And I'm thinking, dude, you have no emotional yeah. intelligence because someone's just done something that served you. I've said, thank you very much, Ash, for that. Appreciate it. You haven't. You've just kept talking. And I'm thinking, man, like, if you think you're going to get this job, you, I don't know. Maybe I'm a hard ass. Maybe I'm too hard. But, I do. I mean, I'm a great believer in humility. I'd add that to my list. I love successful people, but those that are successful and humble, I love 10 times more. Um, so that would be my organization. Another one, I think in this industry, Tommy, um, you've got to be bloody organized because you don't arrive at nine, get put behind a desk and get given six tasks to do today. You, you, um, you know, you're thrown in, you're given a phone, you're given some business cards, you're saying that's your patch, good luck, do your best. Do your best and, um, and and see what happens. So, you know, I think from that perspective, it's really, um, really important to have some of those factors in place. But I, th I think theirs is a good list. And if you, I'm sure if you Google, which I probably will afterwards, um, seven traits to be looking for in a, in a job interview. But it's all about just you. We talk about it. It's you, Inc. W what are you doing? How are you being? And if you're a good person, authentic, working on yourself, doing good stuff and you front up for an interview, you're going to get the job. And if you're on the other side of the table and someone fronts up in that vein, that's irresistible. It's like a vendor listing, Tommy. When someone turns up and they're authentic and they're real and they've done their homework and they're enthusiastic but not over the top uh, and they're thoughtful and they listen really well to me and they take feedback and they give recommendations, I've got to tell you, that's an irresistible uh, cocktail of, of, of uh, factors that doesn't appear that often in job interviews or in um, – I'll tell you a quick funny one. Uh, uh, Shannon Whitney, uh, that we know, is a great agent and a dear friend of all ours from Bressick Whitney. And Shannon was working for Ray White at Elizabeth Bay. And um, I listed a property for a lady called Tracy Curo. We're going back, I don't know, got 20 years. Was Shannon here when you started, Troy? Yeah. So it must be 20 years. 20 years, yeah. Anyway, uh, long story short, it was in uh, Woomera or Barkham? Barkham Avenue. 
and Tracy Curo listed it. I listed it with it, but it was hard. And and I, I at that point I was very dominant market share. I kind of felt that you know I, I had a re- referral into Tracy. She was a sixty minutes report. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure what she's doing. She might still be in journalism, but. Anyway, long story short is I thought, well, you know, I should nail this. And we got on really well. I gave her a recommendation. She let me just think about it overnight and came back the next morning. I rang her up at, you know, 8 the next morning and could I swing by on the way to work, pick up the agency agreement, all that sort of good stuff of enthusiasm. And and and, and, and I had to wrestle for two or three days. I eventually got the listing and I said, Trace, could I just ask her, thank you for the listing, but what was it? She said, you know, there's this guy that works for Rich and Rich Elizabeth Bay and I met him a number of months ago and he just politely follows me through and he's very professional yada, 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 and his name's Shannon Whitney. And I said, wow, I hadn't heard of him at that point, and I don't think he had any any profile to speak of. It was early in his career. Anyway, I thought, I'd better ring this guy. And so I rang him up. <laughs> he virtually hung up on me because he thought it was one of his mates playing a joke because obviously right. he might have said something about, you know, like John's kind of, I'd like to work with John one day or something. And I said, oh, Shannon, it's, it's John McGrath. I just wanted to know if we could have a coffee. You know, I've heard some good stuff about you. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who yeah. is it? <laughs> Good one, and then hangs up. And then I, I ring him up. I said, I'm not, I'm not sure if there's a problem, but I said, no, I really want to meet. And I told him about Tracy Curo, and I just listed it. And, but I hear that you're brilliant at what you did. And, and anyway, so we had a cup of coffee, and we worked very well together for a, for a long time, and was, <laughs> we're still good friends. But um, you know, again, I, I just get on the front foot when I when I hear someone that, that that's doing great yeah. work. I want to meet them, and, and I don't want to meet them like I have to recruit this person. I want to meet them because I want to know what are they doing so well. I like to be able to congratulate them for doing so damn well. And if there's an opportunity to work here, that's a wonderful bonus as well. And it's not always the case. Sometimes you end up just, you know, not working with people but staying friends and sharing ideas. So that's a good byproduct. So anyway, that was a funny little thing. I was going to say the last one, John and Tom, that isn't on the list but maybe framed in a different way. The hunger and work ethic it can be framed as commitment as well. And I think if they show and display commitment, commitment to their previous career, commitment to uh, some kind of activity, hobby, some kind of achievement, that normally reflects in their professional life as well. And I always think if there's some kind of inkling of commitment, then that can definitely translate into success in real estate. Focus too, right? Yeah, focus. focus. is kind of almost, it's a bit like hunger and work ethic is similar and focus and commitment. I'll, guys, I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish off here, and I'll never forget. I was at News Corp. They sent me to a a, a leadership course, and one of the modules was uh, interviewing staff. And we used to interview a lot of staff. And there was one of the questions they kept drumming into me is keep asking, "What's your biggest weakness?" And I'd always ask people at an interview, "What's your biggest weakness?" And they'd always give me the same answer. They'd sort of look at you and say, "Oh." I, I don't know how to separate my personal life from my work life. I just work too hard. The problem is I, I just um, – so I went back to the HR people and I said, I've used that question like about 30 times and I think it doesn't work. And they said, why is that? I said, because everyone, every time I ask them, they keep saying the same thing. They actually believe that they just work too hard. So um, that's one question that won't get the truth. And I'm going to – I actually <laughs> – look, <laughs> ultimately, I actually think in many ways a job interview can be a little bit fake because in half an hour you've got, you know, one person that's telling you one story. Um, and I think you're right in what you said at the start, John. Like I think a social media interview – is going to tell you a lot more about what that person's really like than what they're going to tell you in half an hour or on a resume. 
And uh, we didn't have that luxury, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago. That's that's something that we, we can do, whether it's on Insta or LinkedIn or, or Facebook. You can have a look at, you know, um, what people um, are, um, are really like um, because at the end of the day, people can't help it. They will end up posting over a period of time uh, who they truly are, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Tommy, it's 10.30 in the UK. Um, yeah. you, get, you get to bed. <laughs> Please send Luke and the team, any of the guys that you see over there from the podcast or from the industry, um, Peter uh, and the Tom team. Ferry. Say hello to Tom Tommy for us. Tommy Ferry. It's going to be great. We wish you were there. Obviously, uh, Troy and I, we're sitting here like, we're about to have some Vegemite toast and uh, do our best, just kind of slogging it out so we can keep the podcast <laughs> And John, we've got we've got your we've got your just like we had Gary Vaynerchuk at Eric on video. They've got John McGrath on video yeah. because um, we uh, that's going to be played on uh, on Thursday, John, um, at the conference there, and we're really looking forward to. Uh, having a lot more overseas and international visitors coming to ARIC in 2019. So I just want to recap because Nicola was speaking to yesterday. She told me to remind people June 2, June 3, and I know a real estate agent told me he paid $49 for his flight ticket to the Gold Coast. I I can't believe, I can't believe the prices Sydney to Gold Coast. That has to be the, um, the biggest discounted ticket that exists in Australasia, Sydney to Gold Coast. Yeah, I don't reckon there'd be many of those seats available, but well done to him. But, um, yeah, you look right. We'd love everyone to come. It's an amazing lineup of of speakers, both agents, coaches, experts. And Barbara Corker and I agree with you, Tommy. I reckon she'll be the cherry on the cake. She's just so sensational as a human being. So I can't wait for you to interview her on the Monday morning. We will talk more about those speakers coming forward. I think there's eight weeks or less to go. Make a decision. Make a commitment. That's how life moves forward is when you make commitments. So hopefully we will see all our listeners there. Wouldn't that be good if 10,000 people turned up? Absolutely. That's not silly. That's not a silly goal for us. <laughs> we, would, we would need a bigger auditorium. That's a good problem to have. That's a good break. Great <laughs> problem. <laughs> Tommy, sleep well. Say good day to everyone and we look forward to uh, speaking to you next week.